I am so saddened to hear about what happened to Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade this week. It uh, is quite devastating to lose such great talents. Uh, I enjoyed watching Anthony's videos um, as they were really total immersion in one of the one of the first mediums that I ever watched that really encouraged viewers when they travel out of the country to um, experience countries uh, with the saying, do as the locals do. And Kate Spade was a real inspiration of mine um, in the design world. I know that she has not run her company for 10 years. Um, it was sold to, I believe, Liz, uh, Liz Claiborne. Um, but she really touched me several years ago when they started coming out with textile lines in the design industry. And I saw that her playful, um, feminine touch was crossed over into the interior design world in the textiles. Um, she, she really, in my opinion, the, the brand brought back the polka dot, which, um, is an is an iconic sphere you might say um and and I was really happy that 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 moved me and and um inspired me in in some of my own designs so I wanted to take a minute tonight to talk about um emotional wellness because it seems like it's a real stigma in our society right now um seems like that the conversation has been talking a lot more about depression, but there still seems to be um, kind of a stigma against um, suicide or uh, emotional or mental illnesses. Over the last couple of years, my husband and I, we have invested substantially in uh, our emotional and um, mental health. I have a full-time emotional wellness coach that I see weekly. My husband sees a psychologist. And really what kind of started that was um, we both wanted to make major changes in our life. Um, My husband especially needed to get away from very uh, toxic and unproductive uh, people that were really dragging him down and, and bringing out the worst in him. And I really needed to work on limiting belief systems that I had been holding on to since childhood. And it really wasn't until I started reading a lot of motivational self-help books like Tony Robbins or Dean Gregoski or um, David Bear, a lot of these very influential um, people that really promoted emotional wellness. And I learned through their teachings that having an emotional or psychological coach or expert is not a weakness, it is a strength. Some of the most successful people in the world all have uh, life coaches or a psychologist or someone in an authoritative position helping them through uh, the storms of life, constantly challenging them, questioning their limiting belief systems and and p- 
pushing them, forcing them to to uh, shatter glass ceilings and and not get stagnant, uh, just to, to continually grow and improve themselves. And that really set me back because for a long time I used to think, you know, it's not maybe necessarily uh, okay to go see someone like that because then you would be perceived to have problems or be crazy. But um, that's absolutely not the case. The most successful people in the world follow, um, ha- have someone influential in their lives that are experts in this matter and encourage anybody out there if you know you want to go to the next level in your business or your marriage or your relationships to consult with a life coach or an emotional wellness coach or a psychologist or a psychiatrist um, or even a, a counselor or pastor or mentor at your church um, because there's absolutely strength in that, not weakness. So I wrote down a couple of notes this evening um, that I wanted to share with you all. I didn't do a video tonight because um, honestly, I'm just not, I'm not camera ready. I had to do a long video uh, shoot today for real estate and um, I did the whole hair and makeup and standing in front of a camera in very uncomfortable shoes all day today. So <laughs> I think a podcast would be a little bit better. I do have a very noisy fan going, so I hope you guys can hear me. Um, I just want to touch on a couple of points tonight for folks that are hurting or having problems. I wanted to kind of share with you some of the stuff that I've learned over the years and hopefully, you know, maybe it can help you. And if there's someone else that you know of, a loved one that's having, um, having some challenges, maybe you could share this with them and, uh, maybe it could help them too. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is I am currently reading a book called Killing Sacred Cows by uh, Garrett Gunderson. And the book, I haven't gone all the way through it, but what it's kind of talking about is breaking the misconceptions or the status quo of belief systems that have been in place for so long that they go unchallenged. So to give a, um, a personal analogy, because this book is based on finance and um, retirement theories such as IRA accounts or uh, mutual funds but um, to kind of take it on a personal note and tie it into what I'm talking about he uses an analogy in the book that's really good to, to explain what a sacred cow is and he says there's a little girl who's watching her mother bake the Christmas ham and her mother cuts off the ends of the ham and the little girl asks her mom she says mom why are you cutting off the ends of the ham? They're, they're perfectly fine, right? And the mother tells the daughter, well, I'm not sure, but this is how my mother taught me how to do it, so that's why I cut them off. So the little girl calls up the grandmother and says, Grandmother, why do you cut off the ends of the Christmas ham? And the grandmother responded, well, that's how my mother taught me how to bake a ham. So the little girl calls up the great-grandmother and says, Great-grandma, why do you cut off the ends of the ham? And the great-grandmother replied to her great-granddaughter, I cut off the ends of the ham because it won't fit inside my baking pan. (laughs) So as you can see, it's a really great analogy. It really gets you to think that there's so many 
belief systems that are set up in our society or or even in our families that have been passed down generation generationally that uh, we don't question because we just assume that it's the truth we assume that it's the status quo when in reality it's not so there's a book i read earlier this year by dean gregoski i'm I'm sure i just murdered his last name he's a real estate investor and really kind of specializes in um in the real estate field but he did write some really amazing self-help books which i really recommend and in his book he very clearly laid out the foundation of talking about limiting beliefs that are that are set up from childhood so what he explained was all of us have these limiting beliefs about ourselves that are holding us back and many times creating that self-doubt and that depression that just feels like life can't go on there's this huge burden and the reality is a lot of the belief systems or perceptions that we have of life are not reality it's a perception that that we have made up in our own minds there's another book that i um, am reading uh, right now i don't have it in front of me so i can't tell you the author is he is um, a psychologist and a neurosurgeon that's the co-writer and what they talked about in their book was that when you you live your mind works off a recall system so basically you are just enough in reality right now to basically not bump into furniture but everything else in your life is based off of a recall so everything you remember from a childhood that's how you perceive the world and the interesting thing is a lot of these limiting beliefs that we believe about ourselves were actually given to us from someone else just like the ham analogy so for example Let's say you're really struggling with your self-worth because you feel like you're stupid. You just feel like you're a ditz. You can't figure it out. You don't know how to problem solve. And you have just labeled yourself as stupid. If you can think back long and hard, I actually believe that you can come up, you can pinpoint the person, if not the time, when someone else called you stupid. And guess what? You believed it. It became your identity. You all of a sudden assumed the identity of being unintelligent. So every decision you made after that in your life, you based it on that limiting belief about yourself. So one of the best ways to have emotional wellness and freedom from depression is writing down limiting beliefs that you believe about yourself or um, your family or society or even success and then really think about where did that belief system come from and once you can figure out where that system came from that's when you can start to break down those barriers and undo that thinking It is very difficult, I will say this, it's not an easy road, because limiting beliefs are very ingrained into our framework. We can assume the identity of limiting beliefs. Uh, They can really dictate a lot of things in our life. So just know that it's going to take time, it's not going to be easy to undo those limiting beliefs, but with 
hard work and continual practice, you will be able to undo them. And just remember that beliefs are can become habitual. You know, when you tell yourself something long enough, it becomes a habit. So just remember this limiting belief you have about yourself or about a certain situation um, is habitual. You know, it, it has become your routine. So it's going to take a while for you to retrain yourself with positive affirmations and learn to um, to make that your routine, make that your normal. So another thing that I wanted to talk about was um, once you can find or once you can reverse that way of thinking in switching from a limiting belief system to um, a beautiful state like David Baer teaches us, living in a beautiful state is living in... Um, in, a, in abundance. It's living with a mindset of that you are a natural born creator, um, that there's endless opportunities in the world, that things that you want to go out and accomplish, you can manifest those things. Um, a perfect example, like in uh, Garrett's book, Killing Sacred Cows, he talks about sacred cows uh, in terms of like financial sacred cows in our current society and how these sacred cows were really established several generations ago during the Great Depression. And a lot of the sacred cows or beliefs in our financial or retirement ideologies were based on a mindset of scarcity because of the Great Depression. And so that was passed down generation by generation and a lot of us really live in the mindset of um, of scarcity. So for example, a lot of times you can be unhappy in life through comparison because you're trying to compare your life to someone else. <laughs> you okay, Brighton? The dog's coughing. <laughs> um, so let's give an example. Let's say you're really down and out right now because you're jealous of somebody else that you're friends with on Facebook or you're, or you're a, a co-worker or a personal friend from college. And you're jealous of them because you feel like they're just further along in life than you. At this stage, they're, uh, they're more successful or maybe even more attractive than you. And that mindset is coming from a place of scarcity because what you're doing is you're creating this limiting belief that... Let's use that they're more attractive than you, okay? The scarcity mindset is you feel like that they are taking beauty out of the world because they're more beautiful than you. That means there's less beauty for you to have. Another example of someone's more successful than you, you're, you're creating this limiting belief and this scarcity mindset that because they're successful, that means there's less opportunities for success for you. And that's simply just not true. We are all creators. We, we all can, can harness our own destinies. And it's important to remember that you can create your own happiness. You can create your own beauty. You can create your own success. We're all made of energy. We all have the ability to to create a lot of these things in our life and then for natural resources 
that maybe do have limited supplies, that's where resourcefulness comes in. And, you know, we are very resourceful people. We can always come up with something. There's always a way. So we should always be focused on productivity versus limiting um, limiting productivity to, to live in a scarcity mindset. So I think that's another really important thing to take away um, uh, when you're trying to when you're trying to find happiness and fulfillment in your life. I think that kind of rolls in. I'll wrap it up with um, I feel like that rolls into really kind of what's going on with social media and how we are communicating with each other. You know, as technology advances, I feel like we're actually getting further and further away from um, our core human um, primal needs. And they say that even though we're communicating more today with loved ones or or um, friends, family members, we're, we feel more lonely than ever before. And it's creating a lot of de- depression. And it's also creating this feeling of inadequacy because we now have these platforms of um, comparison so much more than we did before where um, where everything is on on a stage to be judged and so my biggest takeaway or, or advice that I could give for someone that's depressed and hurting is that do not ever compare yourself to someone else because the reality is you just don't know what they're going through. You do not know what the real situation is or what happens behind closed doors. Someone can um, portray a certain lifestyle or image on social media, and there's actually a term for that uh, in, in, in marketing or, in, or even in psychology. They call it image crafting, and it's not reality. Um, social media allows someone to, to craft whatever lifestyle or image they want to have because it's only screenshots of someone's life it's not a continual reel so when the camera's off and you've got the p-roll footage it might not be as pretty as uh as when you're seeing the uh uh the trailer i'd like to say or like to call it on uh on facebook or instagram so, with that being said, um, there's an exercise that I want to leave you all with, and I will try to get a copy of the actual um, of the actual adjectives, the uh, emotional needs as well as the emotions, so you can practice this exercise on your own. But this is something that I have learned to do on a daily basis that really helps me overcome anxiety. Um, limiting beliefs and um, and even depression sometimes and and really helps me learn to um, turn inward and self cope and find self love. The most important thing I feel to find emotional wellness and healing in your life is to implement self love so the first part of self love is understanding that there is a large, big, loving God, Father, up above who loves you unconditionally. No matter what you have done or where you are in life, 
He loves you unsurmountably and that love is always available to tap in. I, I encourage everyone if you if you don't pray to start praying because praying can really change your life. It really, really, really can. Um, the second part of self-love is being kind to yourself. Understand that most people do not know how to self-love because we simply were not taught as children. Our parents didn't know, so they in turn didn't teach us. We don't know how to self-cope. And the first part of self-love is be kind to yourself. Understand that it's okay to not always have the answers or it's okay to not be okay sometimes. Life has many seasons and it goes up and it goes down and your emotions are very fluid. You'll have an emotion come to you where you'll be happy for seven seconds and then it leaves and then you'll have another emotion come where you're anxious and you're worried about something and then it leaves. The most important thing with emotions is to not suppress them. Don't hold them down. You need to acknowledge them because emotions are energy and that energy provides communication and that communication is a survival mechanism for you. It's your body's way of, of helping you survive and giving you clues about things in life um, to keep you well or protect you. So the exercise that I implement is you take a situation in your life. Let's say you had an occurrence today in your life um, at work with a coworker, And Um, this coworker said something to you, you got in an altercation and you left very hurt and confused and upset. How you do this exercise is you, this is kind of like positive affirmations a little bit, but what you do is you say to yourself, this situation happened or this person said or did this thing to me and it made me feel. And then you go down a list of all these different emotions and the fir- there's basically two pages of emotions and the first page is more positive emotions and the second page is more negative emotions now remember i don't think i said this emotions are neutral okay they're just energy our perception about the word is what gives it a positive or or, or negative association Tony Robbins talks about that in several of his books, like curse words, you know, he has people yell out curse words and say, and he tells them, you know, this word doesn't mean anything. It's just your, your perception of the word or your negative or positive association that's tied to it. Okay. So you're going to go down the list and if it's something positive that happened in your life, then you're probably going to pick more of the quote unquote positive emotions. But if it's something like an altercation, you're going to lean more towards the negative one. So for example, this person yelled at me at work today and it made me feel unloved, not in community, not good enough, depressed, scared, anxious. These are just examples of these words. And again, I'll try to post this. Okay, so after you list off all the emotions and really think about this, try to get out of your head. Don't look at it um, analytically. 
try to look feel it from the heart you know how did this really make you feel and where did it make you feel where were you hurting did you get clenched up in the throat or did you get butterflies in your stomach really think about that because the the uh reaction that your that your body exuded is is actually uh, again communication it's your body telling you something so after you list off these you're then going to flip the page to the final page 3 and you're going to read off all of the um primal human needs they have the primal ones and then they have some extra ones on on the list so you're going to say I felt all of these emotions because I was needing. And then you go down this list and you list off everything you felt like you needed in that moment. And that's why you felt those, um, those such powerful emotions. So you might come up with things. I needed closeness. I needed approval. I needed community. I needed, um, I needed acceptance. I, I maybe needed water or shelter or touch. And as you're listing off these things, you're going to most likely be thinking about the other person that inflicted the pain. But after you list off the emotional needs that you felt you were needing that then created that emotional response, you're then going to look at that list and tell yourself, I needed these things from myself. So really, when you said, I needed acceptance from that other person, what you're really telling yourself is, is that I needed acceptance from myself. So think about it. What did that trigger in you that made you insecure? Was it a comparison to something that happened as a child or something that happened at a different date and time that made you feel not good enough? Um, I needed, uh, let's say I needed touch or closeness. Then maybe that's something that once again, you, you needed from yourself. Maybe you're not in tune with your own body. You're not listening to yourself. You're not nurturing yourself. So that's a good indication to go spend some time with yourself, go to the spa and get your toes done or go to the barber and get a hot shave treat yourself be good to yourself nurture yourself maybe one of the um things that came off was water or food that's your body's way of telling you it's your mind's way of telling you i need more nutrients or i'm dehydrated this is a great exercise that you can try um at any point in the day any point in the time but it this is the starting point um it it was for me at least to learn self-love and um how to self-cope and um create a happy healthy and whole life and i think that you know self-love is so important because the reality is if you don't love yourself then you will you it's impossible to love anyone else if you don't have mental health or even physical health then you really don't have anything in life and it's very important to make that the goal in your life make put that above everything else is to have emotional physical 
and spiritual health and well-being. Because if you have all of those things first, then everything else that you want to accomplish in life will fall in line. And it will fall in line in the order in which it's supposed to be. And it will be in line with your soul purpose and the destiny for your life. If you don't do it in that order, then you're going to try to find extrinsic or external things to try to replace the approval of yourself. So you're always going to be looking for someone else's approval um, or trying to either someone else's approval or um, or trying to, to, to self-cope by winning awards and doing all these accomplishments um, to, to prove it to yourself that, that you're worthy or you're lovable. When in, in reality, none of those things are going to make you happy until you can love yourself. And after you can love yourself, then when something really bad happens in life, it's not going to tip you over like it did for Anthony or Kate. Because you're going to be able to self-cope. You're going to be able to sit back, analyze the situation, and understand that um, maybe something you're upset about is a limiting, limiting belief and it's just not true. Or you'll also be able to understand that uh, life has seasons. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. You're going to be fat. You're going to be skinny. Your business is going to do really well. And then it's not going to do so well. And that's okay. The ebb and flow of life is natural. And there are times in your life where it is okay to take a pause and rest and find healing. Your body needs that. Your mind needs that. Your soul needs that. So maybe this is one of those seasons in your life where where your spirit is telling you, I need time for self-reflection. I need time to heal. I'm depressed and I'm hurting because I'm suppressing emotions. And these emotions are telling me, telling me something. Telling me that I'm not giving myself the primal needs that, that, that my body craves to be healthy, happy, and whole. So I hope this information helped um, somebody out there tonight and um, if you have any questions feel free to send me a private message again I'll try to post that exercise and um, I just wish everybody a very happy and blessed weekend um, and and week next week please know that um, that you are loved there's always somebody out there that cares for you and anything that you're going through in life it is it is a season and i promise you it will pass so much love to you all i hope you have a great night and i will talk to you later bye